In today's episode, I'm sitting down with my good friend, Colette Brunson, and we are discussing what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur when you're not sure when the next paycheck is coming or what it will be for. There are financial up and downs, emotional up and downs, and other up and downs to navigate along the way. Colette's story is unique and so relatable. I'm so excited for you to hear her version of what it was like for her husband to build ClickFunnels into the thriving, successful company that it is today. You're going to get to hear behind the scenes and how she stayed supportive and what her biggest challenges were. You're also going to get her best advice to the wives or husbands of entrepreneurs. I know you're going to love it. And welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm so excited about my guest today. Not only is she one of my bestest friends, so I'm so excited to just sit here and chat with her, but she has one of the most amazing stories of just her really fun life. And I just wanted to ask her a bunch of questions and pull out some of the really cool details of her life that I think will just be really interesting and helpful to anyone who is in a similar situation. So I asked my friend Colette Brunson to come and chat with us today. Hey, Colette, how are you? Good. How are you? So good. I'm so (laughs) glad you're here. So I wonder if you could just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family. So I've been married for 17 years. I have five beautiful children who are growing rather fast and we are learning all of the new steps of teenager life and things that come in those areas. I love health and fitness. It makes my day to be able to get a little something in for myself. So many things. I still have a toddler at home that keeps me running and doing all of the things, playing dolls. And I feel like right now that's who I am. I feel like I'm a toddler (laughs) learning how to navigate teenagers. Yes. So you are married to Russell Brunson and we're going to talk a little bit about him in this interview. And I just want to make sure that everybody understands that I credit Russell with the fact that we're even sitting here podcasting because (laughs) I was at kind of an all-time low in my life. I had tried something new. I went back to school and it didn't work out. And so I was super discouraged and just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And your husband, Russell, came over and sat on my couch (laughs) and he was like, you should start a podcast. And I was like, what are you even talking about? Like, no way. I have no idea how to do that. And he's like, oh yeah, you should do it. And here's how, and you're going to be great. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I did it and it has been literally the most rewarding thing, obviously, besides raising my children that I've had the opportunity to do. So we're probably, I'm probably going to like, you know, give them a hard time a little bit in this interview, but just know that it is with so much respect and love and gratitude that I speak about him and I really do hold him in such high esteem. So I had the opportunity to interview him on the podcast. He was my fifth guest ever. And I was so grateful that he agreed to come on. He totally didn't have do, but it was in the very beginnings of the podcast. The audio quality was horrible, (laughs) but it was a really good interview. And I noticed a few things. First and foremost, 
I noticed that when I introduced him, I introduced him as my really good friend Colette's husband. <laughs> so I made sure that he was, you know, he is kind of a big deal, but first and foremost, he is your husband. Yes. And I also noticed that my love of interviewing came through. Like you could tell that I love interviewing people and hearing their stories. And it was so fun to interview him. And we started off, my first question was, how did you, Russell, as a goofy wrestler, get this amazing, gorgeous girl (laughs) to marry you? And he told the story. So now I want to hear your version of the story of how you met and fell in love with the goofy wrestler. <laughs> so Russell and I met at Boise State. We are a product of we call the singles ward. So in the Latter-day Saint community, the singles ward. And so we, here's the thing. Russell is five and a half years younger than I am. So when I first met Russell, you're right. He was a goofy wrestler. He was just fun. His apartment was fun. And we did lots of things together. My roommate and myself and his apartment. Apartment. They were known as the wrestling apartment. And it wasn't until October, I believe it was October, when we went to a youth activity at the corn maze and we were goofing around and being silly. But Russell, you could just feel his energy. And so that was kind of the kickoff. And then once our apartments kind of got closer and friendships and things like that, the more we would talk about qualities our spouses would have. And the more he talked about his, the qualities his spouse would have, I kept thinking, oh my goodness, he's checking the boxes of me. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't fall in love with somebody that's five years younger. Who are you kidding? He can't support me. And so, yeah, so we kind of... It, a funny thought. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, how is he going to support me? And and it is funny because I work hard and you know what I mean? I just thought, well, I want to my dreams to be a mom. So it came out in January that I liked him and he was floored because he never in a million years would Colette Brunson like Russell Brunson or whatever my maiden name was at the time. <laughs> but like, so yeah, we started dating and it moved rather fast. So we started dating in January. By April, we were engaged and August we were married. So once the I love you's came out, it, it was, was time. moving and grooving. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were first married, he was wrestling at Boise State and you were supporting him. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get a real job because of wrestling, but he started selling potato guns online. Were you ever like, oh no, what have I done? This guy is totally crazy. Um, Never. Like I enjoyed, because when you're first married, you're super duper in love and you're like, I'll follow you to the moon and back. And so we always, I don't know, just did the silly goofy things. And so when he's like, I'm going to make a product out of potato guns. And I'm like, yeah, do it. (laughs) And you know, it was during spring break and all his wrestling buddies were off to Vegas doing their thing. And he and his buddies stayed home and trying to support their wives that are working while they wrestle. (laughs) And so, nope, I was never like, oh my gosh, what in the world? I was right along there with him filming (laughs) them do their thing and just out there having fun together. That's so cool. So when I was interviewing Russell, I asked him about his failures and he talked about, I love the word he used. He called it cycles, not failures. He cycled and almost went bankrupt a couple of times. And I wonder if you could talk about your experience in the early years and what it was like for you to be kind of successful and then lose it all and then cycling like that. Okay. You know what? It's kind of funny. I feel like I live in this little bubble of protection. And so Russell is the kind of man that he kind of kept it to himself. Like I didn't know he was cycling until it was really bad. And I, our boys were little and I remember it being December and I kept saying, we should go to Disneyland for their birthday. Their December birthdays. Let's go to Disneyland. He's like, um, <laughs> 
we don't have any money. And I'm like, what? So <laughs> it's just kind of one of those things where he was trying to protect me. But I do, like, it's just so cool when we do cycle, how you build a stronger relationship and how to get all of the tough times and the scary times and how you make it work. And I never was really fearful. I mean, Russell's brain is always constantly working. And immediately, I'm not going to lie, we did hit our knees together and said a prayer and, you know, trying to bring some comfort into those hard times, like always. And but I was never, I was never afraid. But I think that's just because I grew up in a super duper humble setting and we didn't have a whole lot and I worked really hard for things. So I kept thinking to myself, if I need to, I can get a job. I can help out where I, where I can. And so I was never super fearful, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You always believed in him. I always did. Like he just, I don't know. He has a really good way of making you feel certainty, I guess. And so, and when he was not certain, mm-hmm. all the uncertainty for him and he just did a good job awesome. making us feel safe. Yeah. So there's this picture floating around the internet of you guys cutting up all your credit cards and you look kind of sad and like, (laughs) you know, not horrible, but you know, it's like, this is really hard. We're cutting up all the credit cards. What were you thinking in that moment? And like, what got you through those months and those years when you just had no clue where money was going to come from? Okay. So I'm going to just say, I love our younger years and our cute little humble duplex that we lived in. And I do remember sitting on there and being silly and acting like, oh man, this is the end of the world. I'm cutting up my credit cards because it was actually a relief because it's so easy to just go rack it up and spend and spend and spend. And so when we did cut them up, it was actually a sense of relief to move forward and create a new a new beginning, but work harder than I've ever worked before. I had an awesome job. I was able to make the payments needed to for the loan that we had acquired, which was my in-laws. They helped us out and we made payments to them. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I It was fun. And I do remember selling like CDs, like all my music CDs. I went to Hastings and I sold my CDs one time for grocery money and just different things like getting creative on how to make ends meet. And we did. And it's seriously one of my favorite times in our lives. Yeah. I remember those younger years when we had nothing, but we had each other and it was like fun. We're invincible. We can do this. Yeah. We we weren't wasting away by the side of the road. We had what we needed. (laughs) So you guys tried for a really long time to start your family and there was some heartbreak and some hard times in there. Can you talk about what that was like for you? And did you ever think that you really wouldn't be able to have kids? So when we got married, I was 28. So by the time we were seriously thinking about having children, I was in my thirties. And so yes, it did cross my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness, is my body starting to take over with age and I can't have my baby. And there was heartbreak because for some other members of my family, I mean, I feel like fertility was super easy for them and they would be instantly having kids. And so for my journey in trying to have my family took, we always have a timeline and what we think the way it should happen. And yeah, we did. We had like, we went on fertility and I remember the very first time I started the fertility process was when Russell was at the Pac-10 tournaments. We were in California and I had to start the injections. And I just remember thinking to myself, I don't know what I was thinking, actually, like, holy cow, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way because I feel like once I did, once my body did get pregnant, holy cow, no holding back. My family came and there's a lot more stories out there that are heartbreaking. And I don't know if I ever felt like I would not have children. So I was super hopeful and really once we did start the process, it was three months in the fertility world that 
we conceived and found out we were having twins. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's fun times. Yeah. And now you have five happy, healthy, gorgeous kids. They're some of my favorite kids. Most of us have gotten to know and love them. Is that what you always envisioned? Or like, (laughs) did you think more? Did you think less? Like, was it just right? You know what? Okay. So I don't come from a very big family. And so when we had the boys, my body got, I mean, I got pregnant right away. after having them. So, and I actually miscarried in between there, which made me think, you know what? I'm going for it. I just want my family. Let's get them here. My time clock is ticking. (laughs) And so in between there, Ellie came. So they're 18 months apart and I was good. Three is my number. It's good until the overwhelming feeling of these cute other spirits, four and five. came. But yeah, I never thought in a million years I would have five children ever. I find myself to be the least patient person. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> I've not learned, true. I've learned <laughs> how to be patient, but there's a lot of times too, like never in a million years. How do I have five children? It's insane. Well, they're so cute <laughs> for sure. So as you were raising these five children and they were close together, so you were really busy with young kids for a long time and still kind of are. Did you ever feel resentful about being at home while Russell was out there kind of making his dreams come true and you're here with all these kids. How was that like? (laughs) I was never resentful, but I did get a little jealous sometimes because I was the one getting up and getting ready for work, you know, before he became the office man or the entrepreneur man. And, but yeah, so I was never resentful, but I was a little bit jealous sometimes. You're like, Oh, what I, you know, I would just give anything just to get out for just 30 minutes <laughs> and take a minute. But I find myself super blessed because once Ellie was born, we were able, we were blessed to be able to bring somebody in to help me out a little bit. So I was able to go grocery shopping without kiddos yes. or run some of those silly errands, but that's awesome. never, never resentful. Yes. What do you think has been the biggest challenge you had to overcome in your marriage or your life together? Ooh, okay. I think the biggest challenge that we have, I think, is sometimes feeling connected because I don't talk click funnels or I don't talk entrepreneurial talk. And so Russell talks to everybody else that talks or speaks his language. So I always feel like our biggest struggle is when I don't give enough appreciation to to click funnels or to anything that he has created. And so sometimes I feel like the gratitude there was kind of, you know, or the appreciation was out of alignment. And then I feel like also the other struggle is communication. I feel like we've worked on that a lot throughout our marriage, but I feel like we get going a thousand different directions. He with click funnels, me with the kiddos, which by the way, he's a super awesome dad in being involved. But sometimes we're crossing paths and the first time we see each other for real or for a real conversation is when we're too tired to talk. And so anyways, that's been kind of our thing that we've been working on and just growing our conversation and learning how to communicate with each other. Because sometimes we're like, oh, how do we not talk about the kids or how do we not talk about ClickFunnels? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, just to find a common thing to talk about is... yeah. And I get that. I think other wives can relate to that because there's husbands with hobbies like golf or sports or something. And, you know, you, you want to be supportive and interested, but you're kind of like, uh, I don't really talk football talk or, yeah. you know, and so it's, I'm not speaking your language. <laughs> like, I'm going to support you. Your eyes just kind of glaze <laughs> over. You're like, I hear you. That sounds awesome. I hear you. And I love you. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Go talk about stuff at work. <laughs> I've heard you talk in 
another interview about the moment when you realized kind of the impact Russell was having on Mm -hmm. other people. And you probably didn't know because he doesn't share a ton of that with you. Like, what was that like when you realized, oh my gosh, this is Russell and he does all of these things for all these other people. I had no idea. So it was after I had our Nora, our baby number five, and she was three months old when the very first ClickFunnels event was kicked off in Las Vegas. And I remember going and walking into the event room before anybody was in the event but we walked in just to see the process of it being set up and how it looked and I broke into an ugly cry and Russell's like oh I don't know what to do here and I'm like give me just a minute (laughs) he's like I just said I don't understand I said all of these people are here for you (laughs) he's like well yes they're here to learn what we teach and marketing and things like that and I'm like I am finally seeing that because being at home with all of the kids and surviving daily life, (laughs) keeping them alive, I just kind of, you know, he goes to the office and does this thing. So the first time for me to realize that he was, had an influence on so many people was super overwhelming for me. And then, which is a really good thing for a wife to see because then the greater appreciation and like, oh my gosh, keep up the good work. This is amazing. But I did do an ugly cry for probably a good 30 minutes and trying to catch my breath of realizing who he was. So it's kind of funny. I don't know. (laughs) That's awesome. So a lot of your life gets documented on social media. I mean, I know everything that you're doing all the time, not just because we're friends, but because I follow (laughs) Russell and I see what you guys are up to. What is it like to live in the public eye so much? Like, are you ever just like over it? Like get that camera out of my face? Or I mean, how do you, what is that like for you when he's documenting so much of your personal life? Sometimes I forget, like he just pulls it out and he's Insta storying everything until we go <laughs> somewhere and he gets spotted, or we are at an event and people are like, I just love Nora. And I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> that, and then the realization hits like, there's a lot of people that are watching what we are doing. And sometimes I kind of freak out when the, you know, the camera comes on and I'm like, whoa, I'm out until I realized he looked like a single dad. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to be in some of those stories. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm very involved. Make sure I look that way. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, it's true. My family, you know, I mean, way lower scale, but I mean, I document a lot of my family's life on social media too. And sometimes they're like, mom, do not post that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ever just like, Russell, do not post that? Uh (laughs) Sometimes like, oh, did you catch that? (laughs) Who's going to see this? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, one of the things that just warmed my heart, Russell is a really good dad. He's a really good dad. He's a family man. I mean, he is who he says he is, which I absolutely love. And not many people can really say that, but he is just super genuine. And when I asked him about that, like how he stays so grounded and so kind of true to who he is, he gave you all the credit about, he said that he gets so passionate about things and he could spend months at the office and forget about everything and everyone else in his whole life. But he said that you don't really care about all of that stuff and you just kind of love him for him. And you've created this home that he loves to be and this family where he loves to be a part of. And he considers that his greatest accomplishment. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? I love it. I feel like I'm in a really unique position where he cares so much. And I feel like sometimes I talk to other wives, moms, you know, friends that don't have a 
you know, I mean, it's just different. And so I feel super blessed that he is very visual with his family. It's exactly what he wants. And every time I do take the kids on a little road trip so he can finish a project or we go do something, his comment is always like, oh, this house is too quiet without you. Bring back the family. It's too quiet. But he is such an energy, a ball of energy that keeps up. And I'm not kidding you. I mean, there's constant wrestling at the house. There's constant (laughs) jumping and playing outside. But he is very aware of the time spent at home. And I am so blessed because I feel like that's not the case for a lot of a lot of women. And I just love how involved he is and how, I don't know, he is very, and I love being the one to keep him grounded. I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but I do sometimes I'm like, yeah, keep it real. Can you please take out the garbage? <laughs> People are like, you know, I don't know. He's just, but yeah, he just is a normal guy. And that's what always makes me giggle when you run into people and they're like, oh my goodness, it's Russell Brunson. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. He's an amazing grounded man, but I don't know. It's funny for me too, because I've gotten to know you guys and I think I got to know you long before I knew even what a click funnel was, but I've always known him as this kind of shy, mm-hmm. quiet, stand in the background, hold the baby kind of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you see him on stage and when you, I watch his incessant videos and you could see I'm reading all of his books. It's like, wow, because he accomplishes all of this, but I mean, when I think of Russell, I think of him standing in your doorway holding Nora or, mm-hmm. you know, participating in whatever your family's doing. I mean, he's always around and I just think that's so admirable. And I think he's right. I think you do have so much to do with that because you don't care about the flashy cars and the big houses and all the toys and like, you just love him I and do. your family. Sometimes I'm like, can we please just get a normal vehicle? <laughs> like, I just want a normal you vehicle. You want the fat Jeep? <laughs> When it's not going to die because of all the bells and whistles. And yes. Anyway, I give him a hard time, but he really is a hands-on type of dad and it makes me happy. And the funny part is, is it when we do go, well, let me say this, when he's so busy at work and all he wants to do is come home and spend a vacation at home, I'm ready to go <laughs> on the right, real trip, course, you know, yes. where we've created this beautiful home to be able to <laughs> enjoy. So I have to keep that in mind. Like, okay, let's give him a couple days at the house yes. and then let's go. And play. then let's go somewhere. Yeah. Fun. Yes. <laughs> so what has been the biggest blessing for you being married to him? Yeah. I mean, you know, an entrepreneur, <laughs> somebody with that goes a million miles a minute and is always constantly thinking of these bigger, better, awesome things. Like what, what has been the biggest blessing for you? I think the biggest blessing is being able to do so many amazing things. I've been able to, I mean, of course, I want to say my children, my children, I'm super blessed because my dream is always just to be not just, but to be a mom and a stay at home mom and be able to do things with my kids. And I think the other blessings are like, I've been able to go to a lot of events such as Tony Robbins or just different relationship things to better myself and grow because sometimes that's really an expensive thing to do. I just feel super blessed to be able to have these tools in my life. And I say it all of the time because the people like Russell's inner circle people or the people that come to the the events are amazing. And so I feel so blessed 
to have a part of all of these amazing people's lives. And then I think the other thing too is my, I feel so blessed. I just could probably pour out a thousand things, but we've been able to do a couple of charities, different charities. And it is funny because when the number, sometimes Russell will come home and be like, oh my gosh, this is how much we made today. I'm like, great. Who can we help today? Like, <laughs> can we put this money towards so-and-so or I'm already giving, I'm giving it away. And so I just feel so blessed to be able to help yeah. freely, I guess, because it does give you a little bit of a comfort. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's amazing. And you guys do give back so much. And <sighs> I always tell people too, when people find out, like, I know Russell personally, you know, they're, they're always like, oh, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to sit down and talk to Russell or have him help you with this. Da, da, da. And I'm like, you know what? The thing about Russell is he probably wouldn't charge anybody anything for anything. Like he'd probably, he loves, he gets so passionate and he loves this stuff. And I think he genuinely loves helping people, but he does ascribe to this kind of rule that what you pay attention when you pay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true, but also the money that he is able to make, he has so much power to do good with it. He, mm-hmm. he give, you guys do give so generously to so many organizations that help so many people. So not only are you helping people to create their dreams by charging them so that they take seriously what they're learning, but then you guys take that money and you do just these crazy, amazing, beneficial things with it. And so I just think that that's so beautiful. And you are extremely down to earth. I mean, it's so funny because if you just stripped everything away and you were to just meet the Brunsons, it's like <laughs> any other family that lives in like any other town. Yeah, and just like normal people. Just totally normal <laughs> people. But, but you do do a lot of wonderful things in the world. So I do love that. So I ask all my guests on the show the same question. If you had the undivided attention of all, I think that you would probably speak the entrepreneurial wives, the wives behind the scenes. What is the greatest piece of advice you could give them about maneuvering through all the ups and downs and just kind of navigating everything that comes with being married to an entrepreneur? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. I was really pondering this question this morning because I'm like, okay, how did I get through all of my ups and downs? Because there is a lot of them. First of all, prayer (laughs) and a lot of prayer. And then, you know what? I have an amazing village of friends and advice given through life coaches. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I just feel like to navigate the ups and downs, I don't know. I just have an amazing village of girlfriends and I don't speak negatively of my husband. But when you haven't, when you are having a down, just help encourage positive things. I really do. I just love being able to talk to a certain group of friends every day and about our day. And we call it meadow reporting, right? When you meadow report your day to others, but I don't know. I just feel like to navigate, get through it. Just have good friends. Good support system. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. There's sometimes a lot of tears and there's sometimes a lot of frustration, but then to learn how to communicate that well, and which is not my strong suit. And so I would definitely say have your village of people that you talk positively about your problems. It really does make me think pretty darn hard because I have a lot of women come up to me and ask, how in the world do you keep or allow, is that the right word, your husband or your spouse to keep going with this journey? And because it is hard and there are a lot of ups and downs and it really does make me think 
every single day. How in the world have I done it? And I really do. I like, I, I talked earlier a lot about my blessings and things like that, but I really have been blessed with a good group of women that help navigate th- certain thoughts and <laughs> find, find a good support system. Find a good support system. Find a good support system and just get through it. Journal. Journal it because it's really fun to go back and look and see and how you did do it. And sometimes it's kind of amazing yeah. how you figure it out. But And that's a good point too, is just to realize that you're not alone, that there's people experiencing similar things. And actually this leads into my next question because you've learned so much through this journey, through the opportunity to go through these ups and downs and to learn all of these things and to not be sure sometimes. And now you have the opportunity here. Your time is freeing up a little bit now as your kids are growing up to start a new project that is, I know is really exciting for you. I am so excited. You guys were like my biggest supporter as I was starting my podcast. Both of you, Russell's always giving me good constructive criticism. And he told me actually recently that you came to him and said, have, have you heard Monica's recent podcast? They're getting so good. And that meant the whole wide world <laughs> to me. So I'm like, good. oh, I'm like, that just means so much to me that you would notice, that you would point that out, that you would say that. And so anyways, I am so excited to support you you in this project that you are now doing, taking all of this knowledge and all of your experience and putting it out there. So tell us about this new project you're working on. Okay. So not too long ago, we had the Unlock the Secrets event in Colorado. This happened in August and a good girlfriend of mine, she actually helps decorate and design our home with all these projects that we like to do. And she came to me and she said, I have this vision to start a podcast in bringing greater connection for women. And would you like to be a part of it. And usually I get really nervous because you know, you've asked me if a couple times to be part of some of the things. I'm like, not the right time. I'm not ready. Kids are too small, like all the excuses. So this new project that we're working on, it is a podcast and it is sharing her journey. And it is basically putting stories into words that will show the people who have shared a certain struggle that they are seen and that they are heard, which is exciting because like navigating when you just were asking the question too about the greatest piece of advice, I feel like women come up to me all of the time and they ask me, how in the world do you do this? And then it really makes me think so I'm like I don't know like it really makes me think so I'm really excited for this podcast that will be coming out and it is sharing her journey and it's just basically letting women tell their stories and so that people can feel validated in their own stories to generate more openness as we share stories we can relate to others and people can relate to us as well and we're just real people so kind of the same thing that you're doing just an audience more for housewives moms sisters women that struggle with bringing i don't know just being togetherness yeah <laughs> and no, communicating and supporting each other and supporting each other so I just real you. stories so i'm hoping yeah. to have people on that will talk i hear you and, stories. and really the thing is is when you're in the thick of raising kids and doing family life it can get really really lonely and i i think throughout my life I've been really lucky to also to have a very strong support system but it's just so good to know that there's other people doing what you're doing and even if their experience is a little bit different that there's always
always something we can learn from each other and we can always like reach out with a hand of understanding. And I love what you guys are doing. So you're doing it with two other women who are Mm -hmm. also awesome. Do you want to talk about them for a second? Sure. Nicole Goggins and Kirsten Brockner. Kirsten is who approached us both to see if we would like to do this, to do this project with her. And she basically came to us with this quote that was the inspiration, but it's a quote about women who were all down. They're in a village and they're doing laundry together until one by one they each get a washing machine. So slowly, they out, like it, anyway, the slowly of depression came about because they weren't talking with each other as frequently. And so anyways, they found that it was the absence in the community that kind of, you know, you just need the community to build relations. Really? I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I just, so Kirsten came to us with that and I said, heck yes, I'm super excited, but nervous to share and get all the critiques and all the things that come with sharing. And I don't know. And then Nicole has been a dear friend of mine for a very long time. And I'm excited to do this with them. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome. I'm so excited to follow along. Where can the listeners find this podcast and follow along in what you guys are doing? Okay. So we haven't quite launched yet. We're getting super close, but you can find us at sharing her journey on Instagram and also on Facebook. And I believe we will be having a launch party, hopefully in the next couple of weeks keeping our fingers crossed. But yeah, if you're interested, check us out on Instagram, sharing her journey and stay tuned for the launch party. We're excited. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. This has been so fun to just chat with my friend. Thanks, Monica. Wasn't that episode so fun? For me, it was just like chatting with a friend, but she dropped so much value. We talked about what it was like in those early years being married to a student athlete and having to support him, what she thought about his ideas in the beginning and how she was always supportive of all the crazy ideas that he came up with. So we talked for a little bit after the interview, after I had stopped recording. And she was telling me a story about how Russell would come home all the time and be like, I've done it. I found the million dollar idea. We're going to be millionaires. And Colette would just say, okay, honey, I love you. And how when that wouldn't work out, she would tease him that instead of ready, aim, fire, that he was like ready, fire, aim. And she even got him a sign for Christmas that said ready, fire, aim. But the great thing is, is that with all of those misfires, he learned and grew along the way. And I love it how in his interview, he talks about how if he had started ClickFunnels without cycling so many times before that he would have bankrupted the company several times over. And I love how he recognizes the importance of failure on your way to success. And if you take anything from this episode, please know that nothing in life is really a failure unless you just don't take any lessons from it. You can just think of it as cycling and just a stepping stone to your future success. But in order to succeed, you have to keep on trying and don't give up. 
And I love how she says that she was never afraid, even when they were cutting up credit cards and he was on the verge of bankruptcy, she knew that everything was going to be okay. I love how she described those first years as fun because I felt the same way. I remember in the beginning of our marriage when my husband was going to school and I had already graduated, so I was working to pay the bills And that's about all we had. Once he graduated and started his company, we never knew where the next paycheck was coming from. But those years were so much fun, just like Colette said. And I love how she talked about the importance of relying on your support group, because when you find a group of friends that even though they may not be experiencing the same things you are, can understand and lend an ear, and there is nothing better than an understanding and empathetic friend. I also love the underlying theme of how money to the Bruntons just represents a way to give back and a way to make an impact. Through all their success, they've stayed grounded, they've stayed true to themselves, and focused on the things in life that are most important. And I appreciate their example more than they will ever know. It was so fun to publish these back-to-back interviews, my interview with Russell, and then my interview with Colette. And you can see how fun and how truly powerful their partnership is. And I think it's so fun to hear stories of real people who have found real success and their keys and strategies to making it all happen. So I hope that these episodes were entertaining and helpful, and I'm excited for my episode next week where I'm going to interview Sarah Payne, who is a life coach and the wife of a doctor. And she is going to talk about what it's like to be married to someone with a very demanding schedule and how she keeps from feeling resentful when she's at home with the kids for what feels like forever. And at times probably feels like she's doing it all on her own. So make sure you tune in next week. And also remember that the Epic Marriage Summit is still available. You can register by going to www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com. I promise you, you are not going to want to miss the opportunity to hear from these 34 incredible marriage experts. And until next week, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.